Just my glasses in case I have to read something because I'm old and blind. We're, we're not a reading. Yeah, we're like, not really reading. If you listen to us, we don't. Oh, okay, good. We don't make yeah. people read. Yeah. Well, I didn't know because like, like, now I have to remember to bring these things with me it's every now and then. Intellectual podcast. Okay, good. <laughs> I mean, you could wear them just to look at yeah, if you'd like to. I look slightly, Ooh, slightly like smarter with that, right? It's like you're not even the same guy. It's like a Clark Kent situation. <laughs> <It's> just, yeah. <laughs> But this is Superman and this is Clark Kent, probably. I don't know. You know I don't know. I, I think that's more bookworm, and then you take the glasses off, and then these super, are progressive reading. That's glasses. like that's, that's like, like hot librarian. Because finally, after a while, after staring at a computer for seventy years, I'm like, oh, oh yeah. my god. So I, I was wearing just my reading glasses, but then you have to lean really far in. But these you can see from a, di- a little more of a distance. Okay. So, you know, binoculars. Kinda. I think Fancy this is more hot librarian. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or uh, or she's all that. Oh yeah, <laughs> very. Yeah. She's all that. Like, right? okay. like you take the glasses off and you're like, still hot. Right. Like, I mean, you remove. Still hot. Still good. Right. Yeah. Right. Today, on Baker's my podcast. You'd, you'd David Casiano is going to let us know how to lose a guy in ten days. Baker. Baker is my podcast. Baker. Baker is my. What's going on, guys? Thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate it. And before we get into this week, if one episode just isn't enough for you and you need a little bit more Bacon Is My Podcast, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Bacon Is My Podcast. Over there, you will get access to monthly live streams, discounts on merch, early and commercial-free access to Bacon Is My Podcast episodes. Some of them are even extended surprise giveaways, additional shows, including Tasting Is My Passion, and, of course, Cooking With Bacon Is My Passion. And, oh yeah, you get a crap ton of music. That's right, all of Jimmy and Mike's band's previous, current, Whatever it is, you'll get access to that music, demos, and much, much more. Just head on over to patreon.com forward slash bacon is my podcast and learn what the hoopla is all about. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of... Wait, who's that? What? We had a hot librarian oh. here for a second. Wow. It's it's weird because, you know, like, it's like they kind of work and it's kind of no man's land. So it's like they don't really need to be on. Right. You know, since right. I'm not reading anything over there. You know, so. For those of you listening in, our guest just took his glasses off. And that that guest is the one and only Dave Kajiana. Woohoo! Hey. How you doing, Dave? Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you. Course, no, thanks for hanging out. And speaking of I thanks, before we get into it, we would just like to thank our sponsors real quick. We have Fresh Clean Teas, we have uh, Bark Box, we have Pod Decks, which we'll get into later, and we'll talk to you about it later. Uh, we have uh, Paramount Plus, Legacy Sports Supplements, and uh, and then obviously uh, to all of our patrons over on Patreon, Bacon is my podcast at Patreon. You guys keep the show going. Thank you guys so much for everything that you do. If you are interested in more stuff. With us, tastings and cookings and all that kind of stuff. Head over to the Patreon and check it out, and uh, become one of our patrons yeah. because uh, you know you are you are you are a team. Yeah, and we like 
a few uh, few weeks back, I went and I, I was like, screw it. I'm just going to write a song. Yeah. And who wants to write a song? And I just started recording stuff. And yeah. people came on and they threw their two cents in and we altered it and changed it around. And I'll Live go back and do it a little more. Be a part of the process. Speaking of being a part of the process, this Mr. Man. Caggiano has been a part of both of our processes for quite a while now. Yeah. And uh, quite a lot of bands in the area, a lot of bands in the scene. And, uh, man, you've had your hands in a lot of great music over the last quite a few years. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, right? It's been great, you know? I mean, I, I feel I feel blessed. I feel like truly it's like that you guys allow me to kind of come in and be a part of it. It's um, couldn't ask for anything more. It's a lot of fun, you know? So for the uh, – oh, oh, you were going to do it? You were going to do the same thing? Okay. So for, for those of you who don't know – Dave uh, produced and engineered uh, Craving Strange, Careful of the Landmines, mm -hmm. everything since then. Correct. Um, except for Father Christmas. That's true. That's oh, true. That was you. That, that, was, that was me. That we did that in that's uh, why, Me and My Own Self Studios. Yeah. It was, it was the basement. It was back the basement, in the basement. Yeah. Uh, and we tracked drums in their studio. That's true. Yeah. Uh, we went mobile. And uh, also... I worked with you on my last band, last turn off Broadway's uh, Graceful Art of Falling Apart, Great. because I was brought in to do background vocals on Careful in the Landmines, mm -hmm. and I was like, this is how I need to record. Now, that's right. That's where I met you. That's yeah. really, with yeah. those great vocals on the Landmines. And yeah, I mean... The fact that you guys wanted to come in was awesome, you know, because it worked, wound up working out really great. And that's how it is. It's like everybody pays it forward a little. It's like, that's how I meet everybody. This one comes in on this session. That's yeah. how I met Katie Perlman, actually, one of the artists I've been working with for years. She came in to jump in on a session with uh, my friend Nick Santini, who was doing a, an EP at the time, and he wanted her to come in and do some backup vocals. So I met her, and we hit it off. And then she's like, hey, let's do something. And ever since 2013, I've been doing all the records. So... That's even awesome. even playing on them too. I play bass and a little guitar on some of them too. Whatever it needs, you know. Yeah. Well, this is one of those. It's one of those industries where everything is so much like they say all the time. It's like who you know and the contacts you make and and all that kind of stuff. And it really is. And like the friends you make, you definitely want when you find somebody that you work well with and when you find somebody that you trust. You want all your friends to kind of like you you bring that to all your friends right. and all your other people that you like too. Or you find people that are looking for somebody. And it's like, oh, go to this guy because he'll treat you well. You'll get a good product. You'll get a good thing. You've been like, you don't advertise for yourself. No. Ever. I don't do like typical advertising. Or, you don't do any of it. Don't, I don't do it like <laughs> <laughs> I'm bad. You know, my manager keeps telling me, it's like, you know, it would do you some good to make a video every now and then, a YouTube video, uh, an Instagram story. I will share Instagram stories that you guys put up right. and stuff that I'm involved yeah. in. I'll put it up there and share it. But I, I kind of have a problem. Like, you know, we're on camera now, and I'm like, kind of like, yikes. You know, um, it's like, I mean, but it's you guys, so it's it's all good. But I, I, I just, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know if it's old school or weird or like quirky. I mean, I have a, I don't want any attention. That's why being a record producer is the perfect thing for me because I get to help you guys make make your music come to life in the best way possible, and you guys get all the accolades. You know, and that's just the way I want it. I don't want any attention put on me whatsoever. Yeah. So, but I love being part of the creative process. I like helping you guys arrange the tunes, you know, record the tunes, you know, give my two cents worth, keeping all y'all happy, keeping it mm -hmm. all together. That part I love, but don't look at me. 
<laughs> now, have you have you always been like that? Because uh, as many people know, you did start out as a guitar player for a band. You yes. Had um, some success. You went on the road. You did some tours. I don't know if you want to tell anybody anything about it. No, no. <laughs> it's, it's all part of the, the story. It's all yeah. part of the tapestry of the whole thing. Um, yeah, back, you know, 25, 20 to 25 years ago, I was in a band called Liquid Logic that um, made a little bit of noise in mm -hmm. the New York City area, you know, had a couple different record deals, toured, got the tour all over the country in 2001. I can't believe it was 20 years ago now. It's like, oh my God, <laughs> but I'm old. <laughs> Hello. Um, but it was so much fun. And it, it's like, yeah, I got to live the dream that I had when I was a kid. You know, I like, because mm -hmm. all I wanted out of all this, I wanted to give back. I wanted everything it did for me, music in general, my Kiss records, my Beatles records, my Rush records, whatever it was that I was into. It fed me. It, sold, it fed my soul. It kept me alive. It kept me, you know, like afloat and right. gave me meaning and purpose. And I wanted to return that favor. I wanted it to be like, if I can be in a band and, and play music for people, go out there, tour, put out records, and if I can give them even this much of what I took from it, that it'll be worth it. And that dream was achieved. You know, I got to go out there and do all of that. But what I did discover along the way, unfortunately, because some of the tours were kind of cool in 2001, where we were playing some amphitheaters opening for some acts like Poison and Quiet Riot and right. Warrant and some of the old school like hair rock bands from the uh, mm -hmm. 80s and early 90s, which was amazing because these guys, all great guys, and they put on great shows. And, you know, so I got to really live the rock and roll lifestyle for a little while. But what I discovered in all of that was. I don't know if this is, this is, I thought if I just get to this, everything's going to be perfect. Life will be wonderful, perfect. And this is exactly how I want it. Well, that didn't quite happen. You know, it was like, I was still kind of like, I didn't like the attention. I loved the being on stage part. I loved the writing the songs, being creative, getting into the studio part. But all the minutiae that comes along with it, which you guys are very familiar with, and people want to chat it up after the shows. They want to know you. They want a piece of you. They want your autograph. Sometimes they want, you know, that made me very uncomfortable. So I kind of was like, wow, what am I going to do? It's like, I mean, I don't know if I can do this forever. You know, I can do it for a while, but I don't know if I can keep on doing this. So that's kind of how it evolved into me stepping into the studio where where started producing a couple of acts here and there and felt very much at home doing so. Like felt like this is where I was meant to be. You know? yeah. So it was easy for me to let the performing part of it go. What you was know? the first part of that transition like? Like, did you the first person that came to you, if you if you remember, like that came to you and was like, "Hey, we want you to produce our record." Did you immediately feel like confident and like, "Yeah, I can do that," or was there hesitation, or <laughs> were you like, "Fuck it," you know, like <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit of all of it. You yeah, know, it was. Um, uh, I was working sound at a place called uh, Village Pub South, which is now the Amityville Music Hall. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. This was like back in 2003, 2004. I was still technically performing at that point. My partner and I, um, he was a singer in the band. I was a guitar player. We were still partnered up after our old band, Liquid Logic, disintegrated. We stuck together, signed a new record deal, wrote a whole crop of new songs. So we were still active okay. at that point. But so we built a studio at our band house and mm -hmm. it was like, okay, so this was mainly for us to record our own stuff so we could bring it to our producers and be like, we could work on tracks together. Um, but then I said, you know what, since I'm meeting all these bands, like, you know, doing sound at the club, you know, for some extra cash, I was like, maybe we should try producing one or two of these bands. And I met this great band at the Village Pub South called Deck 84. Um, and they called the band Deck 84 because they were all born in December of 1984, all okay. four members. So it was kind of neat, you know? But I, 
I made friends with them real quick. One night I said, you guys are great. It's like, hey, I'm just starting a studio. I was like, would you want to come do some tracks with us? You know, let's produce some tracks for you. And they were like, great. And um, it actually, for a first time out, it came out pretty good. It's like, but I didn't feel like I knew what the fuck I was doing at all. Well, I was just yeah, kind of like, yeah. um, you know, kind of trial by fire, calling up friends going, where do I find this in Pro Tools? Because I just right, started right. like, I, <laughs> I, I got I to gotta give credit to my buddy Pete Anselmo and my buddy Mickey James. Um, I think you know who made my new, mm -hmm. Mickey James. He was in a band called Earth, he's talking now. He's in a brilliant Aerosmith tribute band called Last, Last Child. Great, great guy. He was my roommate for a little while. Great engineer, great producer, great musical mind. And he was living with me at the time. And I'm like, Nick, how do I do an accent? Nick, how do I do this? <laughs> Nick, how do I do that? So him and Pete Anselmo, who used to be in a band called Stage with Ryan Starr, they were mm -hmm. they were instrumental in helping me in the early days. I kind of navigate all the Pro Tools nonsense. Yeah. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, you know? Yeah. I mean, you've been through it, right? Where you're kind of trying to figure daunting. it all out, you know? Yeah, and you dabbled in it too where it's like uh, yeah, it can be something it's you know completely daunting to me okay but with those guys help i was able to me and sean my ex-partner used to do we were able to do a great little ep for um deck 84 and billy reimer the drummer of that band went on to play with um dillinger escape plan mm -hmm. okay and now he's playing in a side and another band called nk which was originally north korea right and um He's an incredible, like one of the best drummers I've ever encountered. Yeah, absolutely, this guy is absolutely outrageous. And early on in his career, before he like really started making noise, I got to do his band, one of his bands, EP. You know, so it's a lot That's of really fun. Cool. So I listen to it nowadays. It still sounds pretty good. Not quite the way I would do it now, or uh, right. Like, yeah, like, hindsight twenty twenty. There's definitely moves that you would make. And, but the great, but the band was great, and that was the key. They were great already. So even though. My chops weren't necessarily where they should be in the studio at that point. It still shined through because yeah. I always say this material, performance, production, and distant third. Material first, performance mm -hmm. second, production diff, distant, way distant third because that's subjective. Like you can make anything sound right. like anything and it's not right or wrong. You know, Jack White makes records that sound like they were done on an eight track and often they were, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And then you have a Dua Lipa album. Which is the, the epitome of it's, modern technology. Oh yeah. Yeah. And both are great. For their own reasons. For all their own reasons. So that's subjective. But if you've got a great song and a great performance of said song, that's where the bread is buttered. So that's why Decade Four song came up pretty fucking good. Because performance and the material were there. It was there. Yeah. Even though the end the production part maybe could have been a little better. <laughs> I, I, that was my first one. That was the first. I, I I like every once in a while. So for me, for me, like because you know we we talked about this like earlier, all the hats. By the time I'm done putting something out, I don't ever I don't want to hear it again. I'm done. Like that's it. Mm -hmm. um, I very rarely go back to what I did in the past, except for if there was something that I liked, and I'm like, okay. Let me bring up the session. Let me see what I did here to make the sound this way. Mm -hmm. I do that um, often. If I like, what did I do to that snare? On the song? Right. And I'll like pull it up just to kind of see. You know? uh, yeah, I'll, I'll pull it up or, or I'll like create a preset and then I'll be like, okay, cool. Let's see if I can implement that here. And then I'll implement it and then I'll have to tweak it and stuff like that. You always it's, have to tweak it because no two drummers no. are alike. No two performers are alike. You always have to kind of uh, do a little negotiating. For sure. I will tell you though, um, all, if you're using the same drum uh, program, uh, they all sound alike. Right. Commercial <laughs> <laughs> On your fitness journey, extraordinary results 
require extraordinary action. Your training and quality of nutrition is definitely key, but adding a well-developed nutritional supplement protocol will push your results to the next level. And that's where Legacy Sports Nutrition comes in. Legacy Sports Nutrition believes that everything you want to achieve in life can be aided by optimizing human performance. All of their formulas have been professionally developed for both men and women and are made to the highest quality standards. Legacy Sports Nutrition is a brand founded and operated by athletes who have been performing at world-class levels for decades. And when I say athletes who perform at world-class levels, I truly mean it. This is NWA World's Heavyweight Champion Nick Aldis's company, so you know these items are absolutely championship quality. Go to LegacySupps.com and use the promo code BACONPOD and you'll receive 10% off your order. Once again, that's LegacySupps.com. Use the promo code BACONPOD for 10% off your order. Set your goals, push your limits, and leave your legacy. Hey, what's up, everybody? WWE Hall of Famer, the Godfather here, and you've been consuming Bacon is my podcast. One of the questions I had was like, um, do you, what do you think is different about the mindset of making a great record going into it or a mindset of wanting to make a hit record going into it. And like, how do you kind of, if you see something that a band kind of like, you see something in them and you, you know that they're capable of something and they're barking up a tree of something that's popular or, or very now, how do you go about kind of navigating that? To well, get them to get I will honor. I will them. honor that. You know, because mm-hmm. like you know, I think you guys have both gone through the experience with me, where I ask you, "What records are you hearing now? What are you uh-huh. liking now? What do you what What's it in your head? What kind of wow? Like if we could go for something like that. I yeah. mean, you know, I always say, give me two records that you're really right. digging. Yep. And like with you, it was like social, social distortion with was one of yeah. them. And I can't remember what you guys had come up with exactly. Um, I don't even. It was a few years ago now. But I, but like I always like have the band give me a couple of different records. Like currently, I'm working with Pathmaker, right? And mm-hmm. uh, the two records they gave me was an Alter Bridge record and a um, Puddle of Mud record. Um, okay. So, and it's very, actually actually very appropriate for what they're doing. So they're sure. very much in tune with what it's at. So, and I just use that as kind of a, I don't necessarily go, I'm going to make it sound just like this because right. even if I did, it's not going to, you mm-hmm. know, all I do is just kind of listen to them to kind of immerse myself in the area they want to be in. So right. to kind of get that general picture is very important, you mm-hmm. know? So I kind of listen to the artists and, you know, to see what they're digging and see what, what they think their music should sound like and knowing full well that it's never going to be that because they're them. I'm me. And these records are those artists and producers, but it's always good to have a frame of reference. It's always good to have something to kind of listen to and point towards and be like, okay, drums are kind of sitting here on this. They're a little roomier space here. So it gives you an ideological path, you know, Mm -hmm. what I, what I, you know, and I, I said this the whole time recording with you, too, and I and I say this to literally everybody is because I've worked with producers and I have left a vocal booth feeling completely defeated and like a piece yeah. of garbage. Yep. Me too. More times than not. <laughs> like there's there's a difference between like, you know, Jim Jim will give me a critique of you know, hey, your vocal can do this, your vocal can do this. 
and and I take it and I'm like, okay, cool. I got to do a little bit better. And, 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 you know, sometimes you need that little bit of push to, you know, with wearing the hats and stuff. Sometimes it's good to have your second year, third year, just be like, Hey man, like put a little more into that. Mm -hmm. Um, there are producers that make you feel like shit. <laughs> they just flat out do. But what, what I loved about working with you is, and I don't know if we recorded it for the show or not, but you basically become a member of the band. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, um, you know, and he was saying... A more objective of, member right, of the you, band. You, you without become, an agenda. Right. You know? you're, you're an objective member of the band, and you do help steer it, for sure, but you also don't make a make somebody feel like garbage for like for for what they've done already the vote so, the, yeah i'm sorry yeah no no but i just you know how do you what like your approach obviously you're doing records and stuff so what explain that because because i don't think we did that i don't think we discussed mm, yeah. it on the, the episode no i think um the vocal booth is a sacred space to me it's like you know like when the singer's coming into the, and you're both the lead vocalists, so you know, if you're not getting a certain kind of feedback and positive reinforcement, you can go right down the rabbit hole. Right. It can be like a, you know, and the worst is like having somebody who's indifferent. You know, maybe some guys are, or girls are being like jerks about it and maybe leaning into you and being rough, but it's better than nothing at all. You know, right. It's like mm -hmm. so then there's some people who just be like, "You want to do that again?" And there's yeah. no feedback. You're paying me, right? There's yeah. yeah. I mean, as long as and you're that's really absolutely not, that's, those. And that's not somebody who's there. producing. Right. No, that's like right. engineer. That's a button yeah. pusher. It's a button pusher. So for me, it's like I really try to preserve your guys' mindset and keep you as fresh and engaged in the process as possible because it can be it can be a harrowing experience being on there. You know, you're these are lyrics. Most of the time, the singer writes the lyrics, so. This is you're telling your story, you know, and it's like, and it, you're exposing yourself. You're a raw nerve, and it's like, you need some somebody who in there who gets it and will walk that path with you, and not. Be, for me, it's, I don't want to be overly heavy-handed as far as criticism goes. You notice mm -hmm. I do a lot of takes. I'll do six, seven, eight takes of mm -hmm. vocals because I feel like we'll do complete passes. Like let's go, let's run them down from top to bottom two or three times. Just give me a performance, right? And we'll go. Okay, let's work on the verse a little. Let's just do the first verse a bunch of times, you know, and we'll kind of do a little mixed bag of different things. But my thing is always to be like, I'm always going to say, I'm never going to be like, that sucked. Do that again. It's always yeah. going to be like, hey, that's great. Can you give me something with a little more snarl on that word or a little more bring this emotion out here or whatever? I'll always try and make it a positive reinforcement because I don't believe in the negative aspect of it. I believe it's like that we need to keep it as positive as possible and as light as possible. We're yeah. doing hard work, but at the same time, it should not not be fun. It should still be a good right. time, yeah. you know? Because music is joyful. It's It it brings out the best in all of us, mm -hmm. either as fans or as creators, you know, because we're all just super fans, right? Like, at the end of the day, yeah. you, me, you, you know, we all just love music. So it's like, and now we're making it. Instead, that's the only difference is we've taken that next step to where we created it as well. But we're still super fans, and I want to still keep that energy in the room of being having a good time with it, even yeah. though it can be heavy sometimes. Now, look, there were instances. Um, one client of mine who came in and like you know I tried all the positive reinforcement, yeah, my usual tricks, but he really wasn't bringing that. This song needed fire. It needed mm -hmm. like. He needed to be breathing flames, basically, to make this effective. And everything I was doing, it just wasn't 
I wasn't getting what I wanted. So I kind of had to improvise a little bit. And I said, I, I don't believe you. I, like, mm -hmm. no, no, I don't believe it. Kind of, but yeah. I'm not believing I'm not buying you. It. I'm yeah, not I'll, buying yeah. it. Sell this like, to me. I, you're not selling this to me. Yeah. And the way I had to get him to open up, I had to insult him a little bit. Actually, mm -hmm. I mean, This just isn't happening. I'm like, I didn't go like, you suck or anything. But it's like, right, but right. this needs to be, I was like, this needs to be a lot better. This isn't good. I was like, I don't believe you. Make me believe it. Mm -hmm. He was so pissed off after that. He was so angry at me because he took that as like a personal affront. He went in there and in three takes, knocked out a vocal of a lifetime, basically. Right. Because you could hear him through his teeth on these takes because that's how pissed off he was at me because I kind of insulted him. You right. know? I mean, I really hate for it to come to that. I don't like that at all, but yeah. I want the result, though. I wasn't getting yeah, the result I wanted. Yeah, still to get the... So well, that's a big thing the, the, for me, too, with vocals. Don't go away. We'll be back right after these messages. Hey, guys, I got a quick question for you. Are you dog people? If you know anything about us, you know that here at Bacon's My Podcast, our dogs are our family members, right? Uh, we love to give them a little something extra to look forward to every month, get them excited, and that's why we subscribe to BarkBox. So every single month, Bruce, Bane, and Bruno are treated to two brand new durable toys, plus like uniquely curated packs of treats. It keeps them excited, keeps them engaged, and uh, you never have to like go out shopping for stuff. So if you have a four-legged furry friend that is your favorite alliteration, we got a special deal for you. Just for being a Bacon Is My Podcast consumer, if you head over to baconismypodcast.com and scroll to the sponsors, click on the BarkBox link, you'll get an extra toy in your first order from BarkBox. So head over once again, baconismypodcast.com, click on the BarkBox link, and spoil your favorite four-legged furry friend today. More alliteration. What's your bacon? Hi, my name is Patty Negri. I am a psychic, medium, and good witch. And I am consuming bacon is my podcast. Is if I don't believe it, if I don't believe you, that's, you know, even as a vocal instructor and everything, it's like, it's yeah, I, yeah, I'm like, I don't buy it. I don't care what words you're saying. They could be the greatest words in the world. And if you don't believe them. And people get confused. People get confused with a great take, thinking a great take needs to be perfect. Right. It does not. Right. 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 It needs to be real. Yeah. It needs to be real in the moment and telling the story. It needs to be pertinent to the story. You know, like I need to feel like what you're telling me happened to you, and like it's real, it's honest, even if it's brutally honest. Mm -hmm. You know, I need that to happen. I yeah. cannot have it any other way. That's what people respond to. They don't respond to, oh, did he sing that note perfectly or did she sing that note with the right vibrato? Yeah. No, that's not what it comes down to. It's like right. believability, authenticity. It's mm -hmm. all it's all about. That's all we're trying to find is that. And we'll keep digging until we get it. Like some of the past sessions, like when I used to work with the, the band Midnight Mob, mm -hmm. the singer of that band, Lauren Palazzo, better known as Blackie Death Proof in the Long Island. Fantastic singer. Great singer. An absolute amazing vocalist, right? Yeah. But like, you know, she would need to like, she would she would take a while to warm up to that point sometimes. So there were some sessions we took 14, 15 takes, you know? Right. But when the magic was happening, oh, it was happening. I'm 
So I didn't right. mind taking extra takes whether they were working or pushing her. It, it was never adversarial. I, actually, one time it was, only one time, on their Honest Brutal Glorious EP, there's their acoustic song, Stay. I don't know. You guys yeah, familiar yes. with that one? Yeah, absolutely. That's a dynamite performance. Her, absolutely. Right? Yeah. And she was concerned, I, I can't do this. She was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Because the, the material, the lyrics she wrote were so personal to her. And so it was unnerving her to the mm. point where like she was uncomfortable. And I said, the only time we ever got into a disagreement. And I said, I was like, Laura, I'm like, this is why you have to do it because it is making you uncomfortable. This is the artist's responsibility. You have to do it for the people who can't. Yeah. You have to lay, you have to crack yourself open like a coconut and let it all spill out. But she was hesitant. But once she did, once she kind of got there and released it and let it go, you heard it. It's absolute sometimes. It is. Absolute. And that's how I felt as a performer when, back when I played on stage as a guitar player. I let it all hang out there. Yeah. Every ounce of myself would fall out during the performance to the fact that afterward, I couldn't even deal with anybody. I needed a half hour to recover before I could go say hi to somebody. Mm -hmm. so yeah. I had to like sit there and like kind of almost like some sort of meditation to kind of right. reinvigorate myself. And that's another reason I stopped performing. I said, like, I can't go through this on a regular basis because this is the right way to do it. And I don't know if I'm equipped for this every day right. on yeah. the road. Every day. So it was part, maybe I'm half a chicken chin. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> but it's, you know, but it's that, it's that real. Though. It's mm -hmm. like, it's not about chasing notes. It's not about perfection. It's not about, did you hit this just right? It's about being in the moment and being authentic about it. And one thing I will tell you is uh, for anybody who has listened to Graceful Art of Falling Apart, Dave is not afraid to go, no, just keep going, just keep going. Because uh, the song Glass Houses, he literally had me do four times through without, without like stopping, just mm -hmm. go four times through. And then he was like, cool, let's start at the first verse. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I think we did another like, Three or four takes yeah, of each right. each part, and I was like, "Man, my now also, my throat is sausage." Like, for those of you that have not heard it, me. for those of you that haven't heard it, "Glass Round Houses" is, is not a um, it's not a soulfully sung song. Hmm. It is speak an, for yourself. It is an angrily soulfully uh, forced yeah. song. I scream the fuck out of it. That's yes, me. that's what I do. Yes. And and uh, but I do sing a little because that's what it needed. I do sing a little bit. You do. I, I you do scream and sing, but then then I have to do background vocals where I actually actually have to go higher and sing. And I'm like, what did what did I do this for? <laughs> Why am I an idiot? No, but you know what? It's like you know what winds up happening is like magic. You guys are all capable of bringing that magic to it, and it's like I found the best way in my process to do that is to kind of. Let's do a take. Let's do another take. Let's yeah, do just another get take. into it. And not even a little direction here and there, but for the most part, it's like I don't like stopping and punching in a lot because I feel that breaks up the process. That gives you time to get – it unfortunately gives you guys time to get in your heads and start thinking about it. Oh, it makes that. total sense. I don't want to do that. I want to just be like, let's roll, let's roll, let's roll. Okay, let's try it a little like this, but let's do it, you know, because it keeps you engaged in the process. And I feel like I can get as much authenticity out of you guys as possible in that manner. You know, oh, yeah, and yeah, I feel like that's how the best way to work it rather than say, okay, we're looking for the perfect take here. First, first, okay, stop that word wasn't right, let's go back and do that again. And well, we're doing that five times in a row, and meanwhile, we haven't even hit the chorus yet, you right, know, it's like, right. yeah, and then when you hit the chorus, are you really gonna be there? I don't know, 
you know? That's why we yeah. do those full takes first, and then we break it down a little. And yeah. then I pick all the best parts. Yeah. So for those of you who think you're nailing things on the first try, rare. Don't. Yeah, don't do that. I mean, there's, there's, <laughs> it no, happens. It, it does. Happens. No, no, it, it does happen. There's a few little one take jakes like, out there. There's a rumor out there that on Adele's 21 album, the song Rumor Has It, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was produced by Ryan Tedder from One Republic, right? And he, I think he co wrote the tune with her too and everything. So anyway, he has her in the studio. You know, he's thinking, you know, we're, we're set up for however many takes we're going to take and whatnot. Because let's run one down. And she blasts out, according to Ryan Tedder. That's what you hear is her first take on wow. the record. Like she was just so engaged in there, maybe because she thought it's a warm up take. And, right. and that's a huge thing, too. That's why I always say we're warming up, we're warming up. And you know how many times I revert back to those warm up takes? Oh, sure. On Rise, yeah. scratch vocal on that big note at the end, that big mm -hmm. note that when you hit on Rise, that was the scratch vocal. Right. Ah! Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah because he nailed it. And like yeah. we did a bunch of other ones. Couple of them were acceptable, totally, but there was something about that mm -hmm. one because you knew you weren't doing a take. You knew you were just running it down. You know, right. we're going to do a scratch vocal so we can put some more guitars on it. We know we're not getting in the way of anything. And I kept going back to it, going, "I'm going to have to use this because it's there." Right. Sometimes you try things in those scratch vocals because you're not. You're you're like I'll try a few things. So that when I do this for real, I'll have a better idea. Yeah. Well, because when right. you're so. You know, for those of you who've never done a record before, it, you know, with Dave, he comes in, you guys do some rehearsals together, you do do tweaks here and there, sometimes bigger than others. And then, but you're, you're as a singer, for me at least, I was always kind of doing the same thing over and over and mm -hmm. over again. And then, like you said, when you're finally doing the whole, you know, let's let's do some scratch tracks. Try, you, you get a little bored of what you've been doing, and you're like, "All right, well, we're not using this anyway, so fuck it." Right. So yeah, let's let just ride. <laughs> let me try a few things so that I can hear them back, and, and then uh, see what happens. And then the wizard over here goes, "Yeah, that's that's the one." <laughs> let's not tell him. Uh, do this 14 times, please. <laughs> yeah, it's no. You know, you know what it is. It's like, and this isn't your guy's fault or anything, but. I think most artists come into the studio with this mindset is, all right, I got to get this right. I got to get this perfect. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah. etching oh, yeah. this in stone, sure. you know? Yeah. I mean, I used to think like that for sure. You know, I had my own. And, like, this is where I picked it up from. There's my own experiences, too, as a recording artist myself. It's like you come in thinking you need to change things or you need to be better or you need to be shaped in a certain way and everything. When a lot of times it's not even that. It's just we need you to be right there and with it so sometimes those scratch takes and those warm-up takes are filled with amazing shit because you don't think you're going for it you think okay this is a warm-up take so your brain is completely disconnected from i'm not laying this down i'm just spitting it out right and right. then you guys are talented enough where like that's gonna do it you know and shit if there's great stuff on there i'm gonna use it you know right oh, hell yeah i remember as a as a guitar player back this was 1993 I was laying down some leads and you know producer had it ready to go first take on this lead on this one song like it was like a kirk hammett special a lot, a lot, a lot of distortion i even yeah. used a jackson i think you know <laughs> so it was like so you know here i am going through the motions i'm totally disconnected because i think it's first take i'm just kind of letting it whatever again. yeah so i'm just rocking out and playing not thinking about it stop get the end of solo stop the both the producer and my partner, Sean, who's the singer in the band at the time, turned to me and go, dude, whoa, like that was amazing. And I'm like, 
And meanwhile, the guitar player in me is going, you guys are nuts. I'm like, I can do <laughs> yeah. that so much better than that. Yeah. Because right. I heard I plinked the note. It wasn't perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it wasn't like I, that note didn't sing exactly right. It didn't have the sustain. So the guitar geek in me was like, ugh, uh, ugh, you know, just like wanted to crawl in a hole and die. Kind right, of thing. Right. So Rick, the producer, God bless him, he let me, I'll let you have at it. Let's do a few more. It's probably about seven or eight more. Never came close. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Never came. And like when I kept hearing the playbacks of the original first take, there was something about that take. And I'm like, and even me and all my stupidity as a guitar player, like wanting some of the notes sounded better on some of the other takes. And this is pre-digital, by the right, way. Right. So there wasn't going so to be. couldn't go in and be like, no, there no, was no, no copying. That one. There was no yeah. cutting and pasting and moving right. around. We were on analog tape. So it's right. like, you're either using this or you're not, you know? Um, and I was just like, that was my first lesson into like, you know what? It's not about what you think it is. Mm -hmm. So I still think back to that. And I use that as a mantra working with all of you guys now too is like it's not what you think it's going to be you know yeah it's like it, sometimes the greatness is found in the last place right right after these messages we'll be right back okay so in a world of streaming services where can you find breaking news live sports and a mountain of entertainment Look no further than Paramount Plus. With plans as low as $5.99 per month, you'll gain access to the following. Live news from both national and local CBS networks. Live sports from the NFL, NCAA, PGA, and much, much more. Your favorite MTV, BET, Nickelodeon, and Comedy Central shows from past and present. New original content like The Stand or Star Trek Picard or SpongeBob's Camp Coral. Smithsonian Channel shows and documentaries, movies, and much, much more. Go to BaconIsMyPodcast.com, click on the Sponsors tab, and click on that Paramount Plus link, and open yourself to a peak streaming service. That's BaconIsMyPodcast.com, click on the Sponsors tab, then on the Paramount Plus link, and dive into thousands of episodes, live TV, original series, and hit movies right now! Do it. Hi, everybody. I am Eric Bischoff, and you're listening to Bacon is My Podcast. Now, do you think at all, like, rock and roll is kind of back underground, right? Where it should be, actually. And I agree. Renegade I agree. music, yeah. you know? I agree. Rock yeah. and roll should be counterculture, you know? And it's kind of circled back to that. Yeah. yeah. I kind of dig it. But I also wonder, um, you know, we're sitting here talking about, like, how just view that experience, that first take. Um, we look back to like albums we grew up with and or albums that are considered the greatest albums of all time and things sure. like that, like in the rock and roll genre. Um, and those albums are full of a lot of, um, if you really go into them, there's a lot of mistakes. There's a lot of imperfections, a lot of things. Yeah. Do you think that the fact that we can fix everything now, do you think that <laughs> great rock and roll records are being deleted <laughs> for the sake of putting out perfect, not as good rock and roll records? Yeah. Uh, it can be like that in a, in some people's hands, depending yeah. on what their mindset is and what, what they consider to be art and how an art form goes. Because you've heard some great records where they're all assembled, like, mm -hmm. you know, like chopping up bits and pieces and putting them all together. So 
whatever gets it done at the end of the day is fine with me. But I, but that's why you guys have both been through the pre-production process with me, where I come in and we sit in rehearsal. We try and find the right tempos. We mm -hmm. try and make sure everybody's playing the right parts. Nobody's getting in each other's way. That's still the old school approach to it, right. you know? Because technically, you come in there, try a bunch of things, and then cut and paste the best things together. And I still do that stuff, but I really kind of approach it still in the old school way where the band's got to be on fire before we press record. You know, you guys yeah. have to be kicking ass. You guys have to sound great. And you got to feel that vibe before we ever like actually go, okay, we're recording now. You know, I still take that approach to it, but I do use the technology. I'm not going to lie. Well, as a it's, listener, well, though, you know what? As a listener, do you hear that out of other people too? Or do you hear, does it sound to you like, there's a lot of... I think there's both. Yeah. I think um, there's definitely noticeable stuff. Like, let me give you from the rock and roll world for an instance. Yeah. Um, a band like Rival Sons. You guys mm -hmm. familiar with Rival Sons? Rivals? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 They, you know, over the last decade, they kind of made the name as being a pretty authentic rock and roll group. You know, a little bit of Zeppelin, a little bit of Sabbath, like that. Definitely right. that early 70s vibe. And they've evolved and they've changed a little bit. Great group. I feel like they're getting it right. They're approaching it in that older school way where like the band's got to be hot, you know, and the band's mm -hmm. got to have that chemistry and that vibe and that, you know, that thing going on. Like, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the basic tracks of those records are off the floor, like, you know, guitar, bass, drums, and even partial vocals coming right live off the floor. And then okay. they fill in the gaps. So another band like that would, that would be considered that way is Vintage Trouble. I don't know if you know who Vintage Trouble is. I don't know. Yeah. Um, They've been around for a little bit now. Uh, the singer was actually on that rock star um, Supernova show okay. um, from years ago. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, that? yeah. Uh, rock star in excess, rock star Supernova. Right, right. Supernova he was, was the part one of one of the uh, Jason Newstead. And yes, and Gilby Clark, Gilby Clark and Clark. Tommy right. Lee. Yeah, right. And then uh, the other one was rock star in excess. Where we were in excess. In excess for I mm -hmm. think Ty from Vintage uh, Trouble was on the uh, rock star Supernova one. If I believe he was on one of them, I know. But then he went on to form Vintage Trouble, like. I saw them on Letterman for the first time in like 2015 or something, and they 2014. And could you imagine Ian Gillen getting into a car accident with James Brown, basically? Wow. And that's Ty from okay. Vintage Trouble. He's a black guy, so like he gives you that James Brown kind of look and feel, and he can shake his ass and everything. Mm -hmm. But when he goes for the big notes, it's like Ian Gillen. It's like straight up hard rock, deep purple. That's awesome. It's great. They're a great band. And I know Don was produced one of their records, and he literally basically just set up a few mics in the room and got them as is. Yeah. Like so, those records are still being made today, like the old school way, you know. Mm -hmm. But I think like some of the other bands, some bands that are a little more maybe mainstream and technically further up the food chain, they do it more like using the technology and using more of the tricks of the trade so to speak where mm -hmm. like all right let's just get it down and then we'll cut and paste everything together right i kind of do a hybrid of all of that you know because the reality of the situation is is back in my day when i made a record like when my band made a record back in 99 2000 you know we were in pre-production for six months before that record. right we were yeah, you trying had to be figuring out the tunes figuring out what's going on okay we picked the tunes finally you go into the studio we recorded, I think, 18 songs and released 13, and only six of them were to a click track. That's how much wow. we rehearsed wow. back then, where we didn't have to use a click. Wow. So for those of you that aren't in bands or recording, a click track is uh, timekeeping, right? It's a, it's a metronome. It keeps the time for you. Everybody plays to that so that everybody's doing things. 
and not speeding up or slowing down and everybody's kind of working together. Absolutely. You need um, to, you, you'll hear it in your sleep. If you ever record yes, to it, absolutely. you will hear it in your sleep. But since then, the late 90s, when we made that record, in the 20 years since, everybody used Clay. Yeah. That, that's like not negotiable. Well, everybody does it live now, too. Because they have playback tracks a lot, yeah, too. They have yeah. additional tracks. So the drummer has to have that click in his head. So, you know, when those extra backup vocals come in or the keyboard parts come in or, or whatever it may be. It's not uh, halfway through the verse. Right. right. <laughs> that's not the right spot. I do that for a lot of my arts. I run playback tracks. Uh, Gina Cotillo, a pop artist, you know, right. she only has a four-man band. Like, she has a guitar yeah. player, bass player, drummer. So she needs me to give her all the synth parts and the backing vocals and the extra little guitar doodads and stuff like that to play back through the system because she wants people to experience the record as they hear it. So, right. And right. I think in the pop world, that's fine. And even some rock groups, too. I think nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I think the well, more produced, the more epic kind of soundscapes. So, so, you know, something heavy, um, the whole premise of it for me was I want a four piece or three piece band and that's all I want. Like, I don't want extra guys doing extra things. Like I want one person doing each instrument and that's it. It's a creative and we, choice. And we do, and we do, you know, we do backing tracks and stuff like that. Right. I want a four piece band, but I want it to sound like a nine piece band. Well, no, I mean, right. Like I want, you want the, the bigness. Yeah. What I yeah. mean, more more yeah. so, it's like you want the big, yeah, the, big arena. The big, things, the know. things that I won't that I won't run as a backtrack, and and most people do. I won't do vocals on a backtrack. Mm -hmm. That's that's the one thing. I won't do vocals, and I won't do like rhythm guitars. Mm, right. Th right. That, uh, for some reason, that's always bothered me. But if especially it's like, if you have two guitarists in the band, I don't think that's necessary. Yeah. yeah well, uh, my like the premise behind it was. One guitar player, you can play. You can play rhythms, and then the leads. If it's if it doesn't sound like a guitar, we can run it, um, or it's just going to be synth. I'll exclude pop music from what I'm about to say here because, like, there's so much layering and so yeah, much yeah. going on that they do need backing tracks sometimes. Um, but if you're a rock group, and I look at the art of making your record and the art of you guys performing live as two separate entities, like two right. completely Absolutely. separate entities. Yeah. Like we're going to do what we got to do to make the record sound immense mm -hmm. and all powerful. Because remember when people are at the gig, all their senses are encompassed by what you guys are doing. They can see you. They can right. feel you. They can hear you. Like yeah. they have, it's all coming at them. So they have multiple ways for their senses to be stimulated. So we have to make up for that when it's just the headphones or the earbuds in. So adding extra parts and little extra doodads that may not be there for the live performance is not a problem because we need to make it visceral in their ears. Right. Yeah. So, so I don't have any problem. Yeah, I'll never have nine-part vocals on stage, but I will have them on every record. Oh yes, you will. Well, <laughs> right, like those vocals on "Say It All." Like, I mean, mm -hmm. it's like that's a lot of harmonies there, right? Right. It's like, but like, okay, some of them will be there, some of them won't be there. Right. But I don't think that matters because if you're in front oh, of yeah. the audience and kicking ass and being the great band that you guys are, everybody's going to respond to that. Right. The energy is different. The energy yeah. is different, exactly. So you, you need see to see a show. You listen to a record. A show is automatically visceral. Yeah. No matter what. Right. There's it's a lot of senses. There's a lot of things, lot of things stimulating your senses. On the record, we have to make sure it's just as visceral in mm -hmm. a different way. Yes. Yeah. After these messages, we'll be right back. All right.
we got to take a quick time out. As you can probably tell by now, Jim and I, we're t-shirt guys. And we're always, always looking for the most comfortable and best fitting t-shirts possible when it comes to ourselves or our merch. Sometimes they're soft and they unravel in a few washes. Sometimes they're durable, but they feel like sandpaper on your nipples. And it's just not our thing. Well, well, maybe it's Jim's thing, but it's definitely not my thing. And, you know, sometimes you clean your shirts and from sweating uh, at work or on stage, they just kind of get all funky even after you clean them. Well, Fresh Clean Tees is a solution for all your t-shirt woes. With multiple styles and colors, they keep you looking so fresh and so clean. Go to baconismypodcast.com, click on the Sponsors tab, and click on the Fresh Clean Tees link. And start looking great and feeling great without spending a fortune. Again, that's baconismypodcast.com. Click on the Sponsors tab, then scroll to that Fresh Clean Tees link to start looking comfortable and stylish at affordable prices. Hey, it's Andy. And it's Dean from Nominee, and you've been consuming Bacon Is My Podcast. Yeah! That's it. <laughs> was, the, was the delivery too harsh? Should we do that again? Let's do it again. Was, right from the you want to do it again? You want to do it again? Hi! My name's Andy! And I'm Dean from Nominee. You've been consuming Bacon, my podcast. Yeah! Yeah! What we do have to do is is feed the meter, if you will. We do indeed. We do indeed. Dave, so we alluded to it before. Um, we are sponsored by a little company called Poddex, yeah. which is turning into a bigger company. Check that out. Uh, you are a podcaster, so oh, cool. you should probably reach out to them. I can get some contacts and stuff. Because they hook you up. They're really cool. Excellent. Cool. Um, and what it's they like are. Cards? Yeah, it's like playing cards almost, but it's got like. This is the episode Ooh, deck. So it's like kind yeah. of like Cards Against Humanity. Uh-huh. Oh, I see. We didn't even have to say it. Yeah. Oh, I'm a big fan of that. So not me? only is it like Cards Against Humanity, it's designed towards podcasters, new podcasters okay. that might have issues sometimes with coming up with content, uh, content right? ideas, yeah. interview questions, icebreakers, things like that. Basically, this is innovative. This basically, is cool. what we say yeah. is yeah. if you don't have verbal diarrhea the way that we do, and you, right, right. Uh, these are very helpful. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so do we, we pull out some cards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What we do is we, there's there's five different decks. We tell you not to pick the episode deck, but there's okay. interview deck one, interview deck two, what the heck deck, and would you rather deck? So we ask you what I want to pick, and what then we deck will, you want to pick from. And we will grab a question. For okay. You. So what what are they? Again? Interview, interview two. I need the glasses. Interview, interview two. What the heck? And would you rather? Would you rather? Would you rather? That's a very popular choice here. Yeah, it is a popular it? choice. It is a very popular choice. Now, Mike, so, what I want to do right now is we're gonna um, we're gonna do a quick pauser because we're gonna fill up our drinks because we want to ask him these on a full <laughs> beverage. How about this um, though? You go ahead. I'll I'll tell them. Good. What has to happen. Say, while you're while I'm telling them shuffling, shuffling, I'll go get ice. Yeah, you go get ice. Yes, there that's a great is. idea. Good. I like so, it. Love it. Uh, Dave, yes, uh, if you go to poddex.com mm-hmm. and you use the promo code Bacon, because everything revolves around bacon. Well, it's better. It's better with bacon. 
It is. Always. always. I don't disagree. That's um, what made me want to be on this in the first place. Not just because of you guys being I mean, friends. Yeah, no, we're it's secondary. Like, like, it's like, you know, you're doing something called Bacon is my podcast. I was like, I need in on this because Bacon is like my god in general. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you go to Bacon is my uh, – if you go to poddex.com, you use the promo code BACON, uh, you'll get 10% off your order. Really? Yeah. This would and be great for our being pious bagels and cannoli situation, I think. Actually. I will get you in touch with them. Yeah. And, yeah, they're they're a really cool company. Because we always they're, talk about what our – because what – I don't know if you know, but our being pies, bagels, and cannolis podcast is centered around a top ten list. Like okay. Pop, pop culture, like our friend, because we've only been a podcast for three weeks. We've been doing the show for a year, but first it was a radio show. It was right. actually like Tuesdays at four o'clock on the station had happened. But now we decided to kind of. So our first three have been top ten desert island discs. Like, what ten albums are you bringing with you on a desert island if you're stuck forever? I like it. I like it. And we're doing. We did top ten fast food items of all time the second mm. week, and then we did top ten controversial celebrity quotes. Oh, that's nice. So too. this could be really good, is what I'm yeah. saying. It's like, yeah, yeah, I think um, I like. I think it. this would be great. Um, I'll get you in contact with them cool. because they should definitely be a sponsor for you guys too. Absolutely, they're a super cool company. Also, love like it. the owner will yeah, email so you was, back. And, yeah, and, and cool. they, talk he's the stuff. one who's going to talk to you. Nice. Which is which is totally cool. It's unheard of. Cool swag. And he's got, it's we're a baby podcast right now, so we're just mm-hmm. kind of getting our feet wet with all this because we went from live radio to podcasting now. Right, right, right. Because he buys bagels and cannolis. Yep. On the soul, free, the soul Free Radio Network. Soul Free Radio Network. Tuesdays. Wherever you get your podcast. Everywhere. Yeah. Um, so with that said, Dave, I want you. I want you. So, oh, so the reason why I shuffle is because despite living in Vegas. Yes. Or as Jim would say, Vegas. Vegas. Um, to have the Indiana Las Vegas. Say? Vegas. <laughs> um, he doesn't know how to shop. I don't. And um, I do so not. he's good for nothing on this. <laughs> yeah. This this yeah. segment. I'm good for going and getting ice. He gets ice. And, and you're damn good at that. Thank you. Salute. Thank you. Yeah. Salute. Salute. <laughs> you do something. Uh, right, so Dave, out. go ahead and pick a card. I know my strengths. Pass it to Jim, because he's uh, he can at least read. I'm good at reading. You can read. Well, maybe not good at reading, but I can read. You can read. I'm adequate at reading. Too, so I'm adequate great. at reading. All right, Dave. Would you rather be in shape with a great body but have an ugly face, <laughs> or have a gorgeous face but be a slovenly fat pig. I think I'm fucked on all accounts here. Um, <laughs> uh, I think I'm probably closer to the second one, probably. You know, I mean, I did not that what this you, is a gorgeous you, face or whatever. Oh, you're a hot librarian. What, what would you prefer? <laughs> um, I would prefer number two, probably. You prefer? There's no way I'm ever going to be in fucking shape, so. I mean, I, I mean, it is what it is. I'm kind yeah, of, we like kind bacon. of a fat fuck. We you like know? Bacon. Yeah, it's like there's, and, there's a, there's a market and for. I cover this whole face with the beard anyway, so it's like you wouldn't know whether it's nice or not. I want to flip the no script idea. on this real quick, Dave. And what I want so you we'll to go do, with number two. I want you to pick a question out of the what the heck deck to ask What's Mike. That? What's happening there? I don't know. One was backwards, so I guess that's it. I, I think that's a sign. I guess that's a sign. So now you ask Mike a question. Okay, so or you can ask me, either way. Well, you put your glasses on, so we might as well just let you. Yeah, I mean, it. I can read now. So yeah, 
What strange thing would you like to happen at your funeral to make people? Oh laugh? no, this question was answered in our last. Okay, so uh, let's do another one. Then. One by you. You and okay. I both talked about it too. So I did just think about that other the other day. It wasn't to make people laugh. It was what I want. I want Marvin Gaye's "What's Going On" playing on loop at my wake, basically. I like the, it. The, I like the, the album just like over and over. Oh, the whole again. album. The whole yeah, album. just like the whole. No, it's got to be the whole. Album. Just the yeah. song. What's going say, on? No, Neil Casal, who was in Chris Robinson Brotherhood, uh-huh. um, he he unfortunately committed suicide. Uh, I think it's almost two years ago at this point. And when I read what happened at his wake, it, it made me feel like I was like, I love this fucking guy even more now. He had Moonlight Mile from the Rolling Stones on loop the whole time. Wow. And I'm like, man, if I didn't like this guy enough already, now I really like Right, yeah, that's, yeah. That's pretty it, crazy. Epic, dude. Make epic. sure there's great music. So I'm asking you this. Right. right. And I think that's very impactful. Like, you put I think well, Marvin. I think Marvin. I think Marvin Gaye's "What's Going On" would be very appropriate. It's one of my favorite records right. of all time. So there you go. Like all right, it. am I asking us to Mike? You're asking us to Mike. Sure. Oh, back in high school, what was the strangest thing someone could find in your locker? Hmm. That is interesting. It is kind of interesting. I don't even remember my locker. I remember my junior year I, locker for some reason. I got to be honest with you. I don't think I used my locker at all in like senior. <laughs> That's or a rock and roll answer right there. <laughs> like I didn't use it. Senior year, I didn't use mine at all. I forgot the combination. That's how little I used it. I had to go to the office to yep. find out what the combination yep. was. Um, uh, strangest thing. I mean, there's a very good chance there was some kind of lunch there. That got left like behind. left behind. Right. For sure. That made it smell kind of like funky. Yeah. And whatnot. Um, I used to leave my books like at the classes, like I'd, I'd like I'd find spots all around and just be like, I'm not carrying this shit around. So I just like I kind of discreetly just be like at the back of the room and just be like, like, and I just walk out. All right. Um, so yeah, I, I basically I had a, a, a like a binder and a notebook that was all self-contained and. So I could be at the ready. I'm not going to walk around with fucking well, books let, in my backpack. Let's do. I've always been a backpack person. I was going to so say, let's do what backpack. we do on Bean Pies, Bagels, and Cannolis, and go around the bake shop. We call it. Mm, and okay. get, oh, I like so, that. I like. Okay. That. Why don't you? Why don't you answer this question? Well, um, well, the first thing I thought of was the probably the weirdest thing you would find in my locker was a hairspray bottle full of vodka. <laughs> oh, oh, that's not Sneaky. weird. That's Sneaky. that's smart. Because that's a what I—that's what, what I had in my locker, um, but that was in my junior high years. Because my high school years, I was straight edge because I got caught drunk, and my life was. This was a this was a good story. Yeah. Uh, go, if you go to the <clears throat> the the archives, the archives, archives, as uh, <laughs> one of my coworkers would say, um, if you go to the archives, it's one of the first episodes. Yeah, but before we don't was, remember a lot of those. Before I was straight edge, <laughs> in my high school years. Uh, you could find um, various um, containers full of booze in my locker. But also, I think my senior year, I didn't use my use locker at all. either. Yeah. I, I had a backpack, and I just kept everything in my backpack, and I just walked from class I, to class. I, I had so few classes senior year. I remember going, oh, yeah. having to go to my locker at one point because I had to get something out of it. Yeah. Like, this is months later. And 
bell rang, everybody's in the homeroom. I'm standing out there in the hallway oh, yeah. trying to figure out the combination. I'm going, I have no idea what this is. <laughs> right, anymore. right. So I did have to go to the office and actually like kind of figure out what it was because I'm like, I haven't really opened this thing all year, so I don't really know. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. I do remember my junior year locker. I would just dump the books for the semester at the bottom of the locker and just leave them there. And I would sh- I was the guy who showed up to every class with nothing but like something to doodle on. Right, right. Write lyrics on, whatever, yeah. you know. But I do remember I had the wherewithal to put a bunch of pictures on the inside of the locker, and I had a great picture of Jimmy Page with the double neck. I had oh. a great a great Ace Freely picture from the seventies with Kiss. And yeah. um I had an Alex Lifeson picture from Rush as well. So I guess you know where my heart lies now. I have a picture of Alice in Chains. <laughs> oh, nice. My appropriate for your age. Appropriate I, for I had a time. picture of Alice in yep. Chains in my locker, yeah. There you go. Love it. Love it. So let's talk a little bit about podcasting, yeah. Dave. Yeah. You do podcasting now, too. Yeah. It, it's just kind of something I everything. stumbled on, yeah, too. Right? Like um, the juggler of things. My buddy Harlan, who's also like my manager, and he managed my band back in the day, and he's like my best friend in the whole freaking world. He started, he hooked up with an app called Station Head a little okay. over a year ago. And it was created, one of the creators was uh, Ryan Starr, who was in a band called Stage. It was very popular, and he also had a great solo career. It's on Atlantic, Re- Atlantic Records for a bunch of years. Great singer, great guy. He was uh, one of the developers of this app. So it was basically like a live radio app. Instead of podcasting, it was more like live radio. Like we would do our shows at a specific time every week and everything. So it was fun. So we first started doing a sports show called Extra Innings, which we still do on occasion for special occasions. But we had some great guests on. Eric Coleman, who used to play for the New York Jets. Um, Doc Gooden, who used to pitch for the Yankees and the Mets. Oh, that's a big one. Yeah, it was a really great interview. Let me tell you, sweetest guy on earth, too. Yeah, good. One of the best people ever. Um, so we did that first, but so many people do sports podcasts that after a while, right. we were just kind of like, you know, it's like, I feel like this is just like, so why? You know, it's like so many people do this. It's a dominated niche. So yeah. <laughs> Harlan and his buddy Lawrence, um, who lives, our buddy Lawrence lives in Alabama. They used to go to college together. They went to CW Post. They were both in the radio situation. They, they're both involved in radio Lawrence is still a DJ to this day down in Alabama. They started a show on Soul, on um, the Soul Free Network through um, Station Ed called Bee Pies and Bagels. And they were doing pop culture and top ten lists every week and stuff. So they were off and running after the first month. But Harlan was starting to text me and be like, hey, can you jump on today and give us your top ten on this or whatever that week's top yeah. ten was? I'm like, yeah, sure. So I was like a guest on the show. I would kind of pop in since I had the other show with Harlan, the extra inning sports show. Um, then, like, it was funny. Like, we all had really good chemistry together, the three of us. So it was like one of these things where after about a month of me kind of being a guest host, he asked Lawrence, I was like, should we have him as a permanent part of this thing? And, and all of a sudden, they added me to it. And it became bean pies, bagels, and cannolis. I'm the right. cannoli, yeah. obviously, yeah. the Italian guy. Harlan, the Jewish guy, he's the bagel. Lawrence, he's a southern black man. Um, bean pie. He's a bean pie. Do you know what a bean pie is? I do not. What is it? I was just going to ask you. That. I didn't know either. So we, around holiday time, we started talking about it with one of our guests, a friend of Lawrence's, this, this uh, lady, Willette, who's just fantastic. And she started explaining. What's her name? What's her Willette. Name? My mom's name is Willette. This is the second person on earth that I've heard. No shit. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. 
But Willette, she's down in Alabama, somewhere near to where Lawrence is. They're friends. Mm-hmm. So she would jump on our show and kind of chip in every now and then with opinions and all kinds of fun things. So she she and Lawrence kind of like laid it out there for me in Harlem. What a bean pie is. It's like, oh, you got to try a bean pie. It's a southern thing. It's a mm-hmm. su- it's more of a southern African-American type of thing, right? Mm-hmm. So Willette, incredible baker, around Thanksgiving, she made some bean pies and sent them up to me in Harlem. The, being the fucking amazing human being that she is, you nice. know? So the flavor of it, it's like a pumpkin pie. Cinnamony, nutmeggy, like you know how a pumpkin okay. pie tastes yeah. like? Yeah. But the texture is better. You know how a texture... I love pumpkin pie, but what always bothered me about it was it was like kind of like an eggy texture in a pumpkin pie. You know it's a kind of eggy? Uh-huh. It's like a custardy. Custardy, custardy. Yeah. Yes. yeah. That, I mean, that was always my thing about pumpkin pie where I was like, it's good, but... The texture could be better. It's like you know? too thick for a moose. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. kind of a it, no well, man's It's like, dense. It's dense. Yeah. It's not thick. It's just right. dense. Okay. Yeah. Better. Yeah, yeah. better. So I just said, so Willette was kind enough to send Harlan and I a couple of mini bean pies and a couple other little baked goods that she makes. She's an amazing baker. And the bean pie is essentially a pumpkin pie with better texture. It's made out of beans. Okay. It's beans. So you really have like a pumpkin pie flavor palette, but the p- beans are the texture in it. Well, See, what I, kind of beans? Though? Yeah. You know, I wish I could say she told me and I totally forgot. Because like beans always have a little bit of a gritty grit. texture to me. There is a little bit of grit in it, but it's like, but it's a tight texture but as I might opposed be into to that. eggy floaty light thing that a right. pie is. I loved it. it was, I might it was be into amazingly that. Amazingly sweet. sweet. I don't Look, like beans because she happens taste it. Yeah, if she sends me, if she does it again and sends us more, I definitely will get you guys in on it. Cool, yeah, Yeah. definitely amazing stuff. So that's Lawrence's moniker is the bean pie. Bean pie, all right. Yeah, so that's where that comes from. So we, I was added to the mix, and we've been doing it ever since. So we've been up and running for like a year, doing like top. We did all kinds of top ten lists, like top ten sitcoms of all time, top ten TV moms around Mother's Day. We did that. Mm -hmm. Um, Top ten. um, you know, uh, all kinds of like certain movies, like you know, like gangster movies of all time, all right. that kind of various different like top 10 lists. And now we're probably going to recycle some of them now that we're a podcast because, of course, yeah, you know, because yeah, yeah. immediately we went, we went from like 10, 12, 15 listeners, like because it was on at a very specific time every day to now our first podcast got downloaded like 45 times, you know. So That's it's great. like, okay, right, yeah. great. So we're already getting more listeners. So yeah. we're going to recycle some new things. We're going to have new top 10 lists, but it always centers around our our thoughts on a top 10 list, basically. Nice. So, like I said, we go around the bake shop initially for the first 15 minutes to kind of talk about current events. A lot of times it's sports. A lot of times it's something in the news that's happened or whatever. Mm-hmm. whatever. Like we discussed NBA free agency on the last one because they just broke out in the last week and we were talking about who the Knicks signed and who various NBA teams had signed. And stuff. So yeah. we mix it up, a whole lot of different stuff. Right. But it's mostly pop culture, just anything to do with pop culture. And, I mean, we, we're basically just three idiots just talking. You know, like it's yeah. really kind of what comes down. Welcome to we, Making This My Podcast. We were right. late. <laughs> we were late. <laughs> That's why I thought this would probably be a good idea if I sit in on this. You know, it's like we'll have mm-hmm. like, you know, just have a lot of fun with it. And that's the key. Just have fun. Be yourself. Like, well, that's that's what's most important. And, and that's the what we've learned and we've learned from successful podcasters where it's like you get on and if you're not having fun doing it, don't do it because it's not going to it's going to come across that way. 
Right. People are going to notice that you're not having fun with it. So just basically, it's just enjoy. like we're recording a conversation we would have if we were always hanging out. Right. Exactly. That's how we started. That's how we started. It was, yeah. it was like enough people told us because I would we'd come here to write. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and and work on writing songs together and stuff. And and the first hour was us just bullshitting and having drinks and you know like. Hey, let's both unload on each other for the catching for the, up for yeah. the week. You know, how was your week? Well, what your happens week? when you come to my place or I come to you? Same guys? thing. Like, yeah, yeah same thing. it's like that same thing where we That's just the same around. thing. And how many just, people tell you like, I wish I was a fly on the wall in your conversation? I think that's all part of the creative and it process, was like, though, isn't oh, it? Well, let's like, let everybody be a fly on the wall. Then. Yeah, let everybody see. It's like, but but that's part of the creative process. I think it's yeah. like sitting down. What are you up to? What's going on? Talking about the world, talking about our, you know, our opinions, whether it be, you know, like you know, something stupid or, or politics or whatever, whatever's going on in the world, we'll talk about. Right. And yeah, and it's like kind of comedy gold to a lot. Commercial break. You love your weekly dose of bacon as my podcast, but you need even more bacon. Well. Just go over to BaconIsMyPodcast.com. You can engage even more with us over there. It's a pathway to our music, extra content, our social media pages. Most importantly, grab yourself some pretty sweet swag and put it all over your body parts. Again, that's BaconIsMyPodcast.com. Listen to some tunes, pick up some merch, and tell us, what's your bacon? What's going on, guys? It is the professional Rhett Titus from Ring of Honor, and you have been consuming Bacon Is My Podcast. Well, for everybody listening, Bean um, Pies, Bagels, and Cannolis, which is every Tuesday. Every Tuesday we release every a new Tuesday. episode. And Dave Caggiano, Betamax Studios. So if you're a band, or you're a songwriter, or you're somebody you that is a creative, you should get definitely hit him up. Because this dude's a wizard. He made my band sound fantastic. He makes my band sound way better than my band is. These guys are full of shit. They don't know what to do. Uh, what he actually, what he really, really does, um, and this is absolutely 100% from the heart, is he helps you figure out how to get the sound that's in your head and give it to other people the yeah. way that you want to do it. And that is not an easy thing to do, and that is not an easy thing to find. And uh, a lot of times he, he he enhances it too. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, he, you have made me a better singer. You have made me a better uh, songwriter. You have made me a better engineer. You have made me a better um, recording artist. And I am forever grateful and in your debt for that, sir. And I appreciate it. And I recommend you to everyone that I ever meet that is a creative and in this space. And he does not advertise for himself at all. But if you like anything, if you like anything that I have done in the past like six years, he's the one that's the made reason. it sound the way that it sounds. And uh, it is in my background vocals, which are an incredible plus. Very cool. They're not. They're but, there. Uh, but but honestly. Him. He brings the best out of you. He <laughs> makes you guy. sound better than you could ever sound on your own. Um, you really do that. And I appreciate it. And it means the world to me. And I love you, brother. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> it means a lot. It, really it fucking means a lot to me. Yeah, it's man. the best. It's the best. Guys, thank you for hanging These out. These two guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cash, thank you for hanging out. Thank, thank you. you for 
allowing us to force you to let people know a little bit about you. And you're, you're on camera. This is honestly why we wanted him on here because he will not ever promote himself. And now you guys know a little bit more about him. We'll put all his contacts in uh, in the info. Uh, and where can they listen to the podcast? Where can they find you? And how can they get in touch? With Anywhere you? you do your podcast, Apple, Spotify, whatever, uh, Anchor FM, we use that as a platform. Bean Pies, Bagels, and Cannolis is the show. Um, it's on the Soul Free Radio Network. Just search Soul Free Radio Network. You'll find it. And as far as I go, if you go on Facebook and, and um, go with David Caggiano, song, um Record producer, songwriter, mix engineer. You'll find me if you search that. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yes. Let them do your stuff. And besides all that, like I've found out. Oh, I already knew. But we found out. And you found out today. That music most definitely is your bacon. <laughs> I, I, I feel like that. Yeah. As much as I love bacon. Right. Yeah. Music's my bacon, and then bacon's my bacon. Exactly. How about that? And for all of you out there, ask yourself every single day and make sure that everything about what you're doing in that day Always. is including what it is. But ask yourself, what? What exactly is your bacon? Yeah. What's the question, dude? What is your bacon? Exactly. What's your fucking bacon? Hashtag, what's your bacon? <laughs>